everyone, it's JP. Today we're reviewing Diet Coke Feisty Cherry, Crispy Mini Smoky Chipotle Flavor, and G.H. Creter Chicago Mix Popcorn. Let's eat. Hi, and welcome to Junk Foodies, the podcast where we talk about the food your parents said would spoil your appetite. Today, my guest is food blogger and cookbook author, Jill Nowak. Welcome to the show, Jill. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you on. And uh, you're, you're kind of my first celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> celebrity? Um, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're a bit of an online you know, presence. You have a, a really great website. And we'll talk a little bit about that later in the podcast. I'll give you a chance sure. to kind of plug your different things. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did note with interest on your podcast that you have competed on a couple of uh, Food Network shows. Is that correct? I have. I uh, did MasterChef Canada a while ago. And then also I competed on one that was called Bake It Possible on the Food Network. It was a quick baking uh, competition. Okay. And, and were those both of those experiences pretty similar or were they wildly different? They were. I would say the Master Chef one was definitely uh, more competitive and a little bit more intense, mm. uh, just because it was a hundred thousand dollars on the line. Right. Is the Bake It Possible was ten thousand dollars, and it was just a one episode type of thing. So okay, it's similar all in all. Absolutely, some of the same. Uh, even crew members were. There. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I, I assume it was fun for you to have done it more than once. Yeah, you know, it's kind of cool to see the behind the scenes and kind of understand a little bit more how the production side goes. So I found that the most interesting part for sure. Okay. And any any future plans to do something like that again? We'll see. I would (laughs) I would be interested in going kind of on the other side of things, um, less on the contestant side and more on the host side or or you know, kind of just be on the other side of the uh camera, maybe even. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out for your name and uh, any new food shows being announced. So as you know, we are going to go over a few questions here, and then we're going to review our three products. Starting off with the drink segment, do you have a typical drink of choice that you enjoy? So this is actually one of the ones that's probably the most boring. I <laughs> You're going to say water? Yeah, usually <laughs> water and coffee, like black coffee. I mm-hmm. like the caffeine boost, but you know, I'm a huge foodie. I'm eating all the time. So I try to limit my calorie intake when it comes to beverages. Yeah. So that's why I stick with water and coffee because yeah, I like to have whatever snack I want and go out for dinner and all of that. So, so yeah, kind of uh, keeping it safe on the beverages for the most part. You're not alone there. That's that's a common answer. And myself, I um, you know I run a junk food podcast. And to be completely honest, I don't drink a lot of, I don't drink a lot of calories. If I'm going to indulge, I'd, I'd rather eat them. It's a little more satisfying. Exactly. Uh, occasionally, with a, a pizza or something like that, I want something other than water. Or if I'm having a really good meal, a glass of wine or something like that. So, you know, water's important, and coffee's kind of a a, a daily staple. So no no yeah. right or wrong answer there. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you have any memory that sticks out revolving around junk food particularly? I actually do. Um, One of my childhood friends would get a decent allowance. It would be about a $40 allowance. And this was, I don't know, 17 years ago or something. Yeah. And we would walk across the street to the 7-Eleven and we would spend it 
all on junk food <laughs> in one go. So anything that we wanted to try and we had never tried before, we would get bags and bags of junk food. It was not the healthiest, but I definitely right. enjoyed it when I was young. So well, you sound, uh, even back then, you sounded very adventurous. You weren't going to the same thing every time, but it's like, hey, we've never tried this before. Let's give this a try. Oh, yeah. Well, with that type of budget for just candy and junk food alone is uh, you got everything that you liked and you knew, and then you got to actually go and try everything else that you were just curious <laughs> about. And do you have any any favorites that stuck out at that time? Like, what was your your go-to junk food snack? I on? think when I was younger, I was much more into the sour Okay. Kind of candies. I've yeah. grown out of that a little bit, but uh -huh. yeah, I think anything with the sour, even those um, just plain sugar ones. There was like a, there was one that was like a bottle that uh -huh. you would dip the top of it into the candy powder. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it was usually those super sugary ones and a lot right. of sour candies when I was younger. <laughs> All right. Nowadays, as an adult, what's your go-to snack if you, uh, you're not eating a, um, a major meal? What's your kind of snack between meals? You know, what's a funny one, my, at my job, my full-time job, I'm at a marketing agency, they get a whole bunch of snacks for us. Hmm. And one of the things I gravitate towards the most is cheese strings. So I yeah. eat a lot of cheese strings when I'm snacking. You're not the first person to answer that question that way. And, yeah. and you know, in terms of a, a, as far as snack foods goes, it's relatively healthy. I mean, it's high in protein. It's got like no sugar. Yeah, um, it's not really super processed, so you're you're probably on the right track there, and you know fills you up, and it's good for your bones too. So yeah, they're <laughs> satisfying. I don't know, they got that savory thing, and I just uh, I like them, and I don't like them when you bite into it. You have to peel them. It's ah, different. <laughs> you, you like the string part of the string cheese. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so you're still a kid at heart, is what you're telling me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Now. What is one item that you find inexplicably popular that you can't stand yourself? If I were to pick one of the things, it's those rock hard cheesies. I don't know. Ah, I like yes. the cheese puffs. Mm -hmm. Like I like the puffy ones, but the really hard ones that are super bright orange, yep. um, just not for me. And they seem to be pretty popular. Now, when you say cheesies, there, there's a brand named Cheesies that, that's, that's made in Canada, which is different than Cheetos. Are you specifically referring to Cheesies, the brand, or all kind of cheese snacks in terms of the crunchy ones? No, Cheesies, the brand. But, yeah, they're pretty. They're, we've actually done them on the show before, and, and they're uh, kind of a cult item here in Canada, but they are much harder than the, uh, even the Cheetos Crunchy Cheetos. Yeah, exactly. They're just not for me and they t tend to be popular, but yeah, just kind of gross me out, I got to say. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't choose that for today's episode. <laughs> Could have been on the docket. They do start with C, but since we'd already reviewed them, I thought we wouldn't go down that road again. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of reviews, that uh, brings us to our beverage, the Diet Coke Feisty Cherry. Uh, but before we get into that, some fun facts. Unveiled on July 8, 1982, and introduced in the United States on August 9th, Diet Coke was the first new brand since 1886 to use the Coca-Cola trademark. The product quickly overtook the company's existing Diet Cola tab in sales. After witnessing the long-term success of its competitor's sugar-free Diet Pepsi, launched in 1964, Coca-Cola decided to launch a competing sugar-free brand under the Coca-Cola name, which could be marketed more easily than tab, which it did in 82. Diet Coke does not use a modified form of the Coca-Cola recipe, but instead an entirely different formula based on the tab formula. 
The controversial new Coke, introduced in 1985, used a version of the Diet Coke recipe that contained high fructose corn syrup and had a slightly different balance of ingredients. In 2005, the company introduced Coca-Cola Zero, renamed Coca-Cola Zero Sugar in 2017, a sugar-free more closely based on the original Coca-Cola. In 2018, in an effort to be more appealing to millennials, Diet Coke was packaged in a taller, more slender can of the same volume and introduced four new flavors. Okay, so that brings us to our our beverage. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and take it away and and give me your thoughts. Is this something you've never had before? So actually, I've never really had it before. I said that I don't drink a lot of beverages, but when Mm -hmm. I do have something other than coffee and water, I drink Diet Coke a lot. Okay. So a regular Diet Coke is something that, you know, I'll have as just something a little bit different. It kind of satisfies my sweet tooth a little bit, but without Mm -hmm. being overly sweet. Right. However, this cherry one was not my cup of tea. (laughs) I found it kind of tastes like cough syrup. Right. You know that the cherry flavor cough syrup that you get? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it kind of threw me off. It was not my favorite. I would not buy it again. Okay. All right. And so you, you mentioned you are a fan of Diet Coke. So probably the, um, I'm guessing the sweetener mix used in this particular product is probably very similar to the Diet Coke. So did you, did you get any, I don't know, artificial sweetener flavor or any kind of weird aftertaste or was it just cherry cough syrup? It was just cherry cough syrup. I'm not really averse to, that's why I mentioned a little bit why I have Diet Coke. I'm not averse to the aspartame taste, you know? I don't drink a lot of pop anyway, and when I do, it's normally Diet Coke. Yeah. So I think it was just the artificial cherry taste that they added in that was just not for me. Not for you. And Did you, like it? you know, it's—I didn't hate it, but it was—it was. Well, first off, I should confess that if I'm drinking a a soft drink, I usually go for a sugar-free version as well because. I'm again, going back to what I said earlier, if I'm going to indulge in calories, I'd much rather they be food calories than drink. Yeah. And to me, something like Coke Zero is indistinguishable from the real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now you mentioned Diet Coke, do you, and I'll answer your question shortly, but just wondering uh, between Diet Coke and Coke Zero, do you have a preference or is it pretty much all the same to you or do you really think Diet Coke's better? It's kind of all the same to me. Okay. I would have either or, but I'm sure if I tasted them back to back, I bet I would lean towards the uh, Coke Zero. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that'll be for a future episode. We'll do a, <laughs> a blind yeah. Coke taste test. But I personally find Coke Zero tastes a little less like a diet product and a little more like the real thing. Not that I have the real thing. I might drink a, a regular full sugar soft drink. Setting aside this podcast, I might do it myself, you know, a couple of times a year. So I don't even really remember that much what, what real Coca-Cola tastes like because I drink Coke Zero when I do drink Coke, which is not that often. Whenever I have Diet Coke nowadays, if, you know, there's nothing else, I'm going out for a drink and, you know, I want a, a rum and Coke, for example, and I get a rum and diet and they don't have Coke Zero, I always find Diet Coke tastes a little bit more watery to me or a, a little... I don't know what it is, but compared to a Coke Zero, it just tastes a little watered down. So um, I guess I, I maybe went into it with that little bit of a bias. Uh, I yeah. agree with you on the, well, I guess the first thing I noticed was it didn't seem overly carbonated. Like it almost was almost semi-flat when I poured it out, which was kind of interesting. I mean, that doesn't really impact the flavor at all, but you kind of want soft drink to be nice and bubbly. And this one I found 
less bubbly than what I was expecting. Bizarre too, because usually Diet Coke is more bubbly than regular Coke. Right. Did you notice any difference in the carbonation from regular Diet Coke or that didn't really... I didn't really, I didn't pour it into a glass though. And I, I think see. that's okay. when I would have noticed more. I just drank yeah. it in a can. I definitely got the little bit of the, I know what you mean by, by cherry cough syrup. And, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just not an artificial cherry flavor kind of guy. Like maybe that just isn't the, the, the flavor profile I'm looking for in a soft drink. Uh, and I can't, like we don't, here in Canada, we don't have access to like cherry Coke Zero or Diet Cherry Coke, just regular. I'm not sure what the difference between regular Diet Cherry Coke and Feisty Cherry is. Although I did feel like a little bit of the aftertaste, there was a little bit of a kind of spiciness to it that I'm assuming isn't in the regular Cherry Coke. And maybe that's why they call it Feisty. I don't know if you got that, but there was a little bit of heat, kind of like you might expect from like cinnamon or maybe even like a, a pepperiness to it. Did you get that at all? Yeah, just very mildly. Nothing mm -hmm. too crazy. I do like um, the kind of taller, skinnier cans. Mm -hmm. That was, I don't know, it's just easier to hold. I think it's a little less volume than a regular can. So for me, I like that portion of it. Just not the flavor. <laughs> the flavor, which is a big one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you can't win them all. So sorry about that. No problem. <laughs> this one wasn't a home run. Now they do have <laughs> Uh, multiple other flavors, and I'm sure I'll get around to trying some of them at some point. There's a vanilla one, a, a strawberry guava one, or the mango one, and a couple of others. So stay tuned, listeners, for that. But for now, that's basically, I think we've examined the feisty cherry to death. So let's move along. Would you consider yourself a sweet or a savory person, generally speaking? I would definitely consider myself a savory person. That's really what I crave on, you know, the day to day is something kind of salty and fatty. Probably why I always lean towards a, a cheese string for a snack. So you're at a party and there's, you know, cookies and chips out. You're probably going for the chips first, if not exclusively. Yeah, not exclusively. I okay. like to finish with a little sweet, sure. but, you know, when I'm actually having it volume wise, I'll have a ton of salty and then just like a bite of sweet is satisfying enough for me. So I could even have a small piece of chocolate right. and then I'm good yeah. versus chips. I can eat an entire giant bag to myself. I just don't know how to stop. <laughs> Not hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When I say the phrase comfort food, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I got to say it's Italian food. I don't come from an Italian family or anything, but yeah. I think very common pizza and pasta is mm -hmm. kind of those really satisfying, filling foods that I always crave and that you get a little bit of guilt from as well because you shouldn't <laughs> be eating a ton of them. So comfort food normally means something a little bit unhealthy, right. something that's hearty. It's going to warm you up when it's mm -hmm. cold out. And mm -hmm. yeah, nothing satisfies better for me than pizza and pasta. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. No one's, uh, no one's ever called a salad comfort food or not that no. I have talked to yet. <laughs> you kind of want something on the indulgent side and something yeah. kind of rich. Now with, with pasta, do you lean more towards like a tomatoey meaty sauce or more towards a creamy cheesy sauce? Like what's your, your feeling there? Always tomato. Yeah. It's just a little bit lighter 
Mm -hmm. um, although like a good lasagna as well, but still a tomato based one. I think right. the acidity, it really brightens it up. Yeah. It's just a hundred percent of the time I'm going to be going for a tomato based sauce, even on the pizza too. Tomato based, not the white pizzas. They're just more delicious to me. Yeah. I like the, the acid that, you know, a, a tomato sauce brings to the pizza. Like I've had white sauce pizzas that are okay, but given the choice, I'm, I'm going to pick a tomatoey and maybe something with a little bit of, of kick, like a, you know, a spicy sausage on it or something like that. Um, and that just matches really well with the, the, the flavors you're getting from the tomato sauce, as opposed to like a, a cream based sauce or a cheese. Absolutely. Sauce. I will add spice to it too. So hot sauce on pizza for sure. Okay. Um, any type of spicy uh, tomato sauce as well. Uh, with some chili flakes or chili oil in there. That's yeah. Now I asked this of a couple of guests, so I'll throw you in, in the, on the pile too. What do you think about pineapple on pizza? Yay or nay? Or does it depend? It depends. If it's a really good, I feel like if it's more of a gourmet pizza mm -hmm. and then they do the pineapple really well with mm -hmm. other like good ingredients, like a way better ham, then I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to order just you know, a Domino's or whatever type of pizza, I will not lean towards their Hawaiian. So yeah, okay. to me, it depends on the quality of the ingredients. If we're going high quality ingredients, then I will have pineapple. Okay. Well, if you ever make your own pizza, I tried a recipe once where you saute the pineapple before you put it on the pizza and a little bit of like bacon fat with chili flakes. So it kind of caramelizes the pineapple a little bit. The, the bacon fat gives it a little bit of that, that savory and that, that kind of hammy saltiness. And then um, the chili flakes give it a little heat. And man, that just takes it to the next level. It's really great if you get a chance to try that. That sounds incredible. I will. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite treat? You mentioned cheese strings earlier, but let's say you, you are indulging yourself. What's kind of a go-to, like, you know, I really feel like treating myself. What do you go for? Yeah, I will go and I will buy some type of baked good so carrot cake mm. if it's a good one i can't get enough like a really good carrot cake with a lot of icing on it the cream cheese frosting another one if i'm just going the junk food route and i'm in the candy aisle or the chocolate aisle i really like omg clusters so those yeah. ones are always good they have all different flavors and mm -hmm. they're amazing they're a little sweet and they have the salties so i like the combination right yeah. a girl after my own heart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet and salty it's like yin and yeah yang, right? exactly even another thing that you know it doesn't matter what it is but also the hot cold combination so mm. anything hot and warmed up like a nice warm cookie or mm. um, brownie with a scoop of vanilla ice cream, that's mm -hmm. always super satisfying to me too. So it doesn't need to be gourmet or fancy. It's just the combination flavors and uh, kind of different heat. It's interesting that you mentioned that, like, I've, you know, the sweet and salty thing, I mean, that, that's not uncommon, right? And I've had that answer and I've given that answer myself in these mm -hmm. types of discussions. But I've never really thought about the combination of hot and cold as a selling feature. And you're so right. When you have, you know, whether it's a, a hot slice of pie with a, you know, a la mode or the, that skillet chocolate chip cookie with the ice cream on top, there is something really satisfying about the warm and gooey and, and steaming hot, you know, baked good with the ice cold and creamy frozen part of it. That's, it makes for a really satisfying combination. 
Exactly. <laughs> Great. Well, we are on to the savory part of our discussion, the Crispy Minis Smoky Chipotle flavor. The C in Chipotle and the C in Crispy are the ones I'm focusing on for our purposes here. Before we talk about that, let's share some fun facts. The Quaker Oats logo, starting in 1877, had a figure of a Quaker man depicted in traditional full-length costume, sometimes holding a scroll with the word pure written across it. Resembling the classic woodcuts of William Penn, the 17th century philosopher and early Quaker. Quaker Oats advertising, dating back to 1909, did indeed identify the Quaker man as William Penn and referred to him as standard bearer of the Quakers and of Quaker Oats. The company states that their current Quaker man logo does not represent an actual person. His image is that of a man dressed in Quaker garb, chosen because the Quaker faith projected the values of honesty, integrity, purity, and strength. Quaker Oats was founded in 1901 by the merger of four oatmeals, the Quaker Mill Company of Ravenna, Ohio, a cereal mill in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the German Mills American Oatmeal Company, and the Rob Lewis and Company American Oats and Barley Oatmeal Corporation, formerly known as Good for Breakfast Instant Oatmeal Mix. During World War II, the company, through its subsidiary, QO Ordnance Company, operated the Cornhusker Ordnance Plant which manufactured millions of pieces of various artillery munitions. In August 2001, PepsiCo acquired Quaker Oats for $14 billion. Having begun as a company that was solely focused on oats, the company now makes various products, ranging from breakfast cereal, sweet and savory packaged snacks, beverages, and boxed rice and pasta mixes such as rice-a-roni and pasta-roni. Okay, so this is uh, an item new to you, I, I assume. This is something you've tried before. I have not tried this flavor before, so this was pretty new. I had also gotten the tortilla style chip. Hmm. Is that the one that you had? Yeah, the, the 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 tortilla one. Yeah. Yeah. So it was different too because I've had crispy minis a lot of times, the kind of fluffier round ones. Right. Um, but this was new to try the triangle, really kind of thin tortilla chip style. Right. Yeah. And now how are you, before we actually get to reviewing this product, what's your feeling on Chipotle? I mean, it's kind of having its moment in the sun. It seems like there's Chipotle everything nowadays. Are you a fan of Chipotle? Is that something you use in your own cooking or when you're looking for junk food, do you get Chipotle flavored things usually or no? I don't normally when I'm getting junk food, but I definitely use it in cooking, whether I'm doing, you know, any type of Mexican style food. It's really good seasoning on there. A lot of the time I make bowls with rice and beans and kind of sweet potatoes. And mm. I like the sweet potatoes with the Chipotle. The smoky flavor is really appealing to me. It's such a great combination. And we're just kind of going all over the place now, but there's a, a dish that I've made for Thanksgiving several times. That's a sweet potato dish. And I think it's a Bobby Flay recipe actually from you know one of his restaurants. And you combine um, chipotle into it and a little bit of maple syrup. And so you're getting the sweet and the and that kind of unctuous thing that the sweet potato has going on, but the the smokiness and a little bit of bite from the chipotle, it's such a great combination. Absolutely. So what did you think about the minis? So I, I thought they were pretty good. They were a really good crunch. Of course, the smoky flavor came through a lot. And then they've got that little bit of spice and then also sweetness. Mm -hmm. So 
I would say these are pretty good for a healthier option. So that would right. be my kind of caveat is, of course, it's not as satisfying to me as a potato chip. Right. But it's because it's not nearly as uh, filled with fat and oils. So right. <laughs> yeah, for me, you know, not as satisfying. I found them a little bit more on the dry side because of the minimal oil, mm -hmm. but still a nice snack. The flavoring was really good. You know, if I'm kind of going through uh, a healthier kind of phase where I'm trying not to eat um, as much junk food, trying to be a little bit healthier and mm -hmm. just a little bit more conscientious of what I'm eating, I would pick these up again for sure. Okay. Yeah, I was, you know, going to say that you wouldn't mistake these for like Doritos. They're kind of like leaning more towards the rice cake side of the, uh, of the junk food spectrum. But considering that, they were pretty decent. And, uh, you know, they have the smokiness that, that, as you said, that you expect when anytime something is called Chipotle. Um, a little bit of sweetness, which was interesting. I don't know if that's kind of from the tomato or, or what's going on there, but um, it wasn't off-putting. So, and, and as we've already stated, you know, we like kind of sweet and, and savory together. So, it kind of worked. Yeah, overall, I, uh, you know, I thought it was, it was pretty decent. I uh, wouldn't turn them away again, even though I was really looking to indulge. It probably wouldn't be the first thing I'd reach for. Yeah, I was wondering if they would be good with some type of dip on the side. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I couldn't figure out right off the top of my head what it would be, but maybe you could make like a little bit healthier of a Greek yogurt base kind of chipotle or just lime. Um, dip, something a little bit to help satisfy and kind of counteract the bit of uh, dry dryness that yeah, I It's not a bad idea. It's, yeah, what kind of dip? Because I don't know that like a, a French onion dip, for example, would be a, a good match. But yeah, maybe something to kind of highlight, like you said, like a, something with a little bit of lime in it or yeah. a little bit down on the heat, maybe a little bit of minced jalapeno in there. But yeah, that'd be an interesting, I have a whole bag left, so yeah. <laughs> I'll with it this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a cilantro lime kind of yogurt dip on the side would be nice. And then you're still having something relatively healthy to dip it in, but right. uh, just to kind of, you know, throw in some extra flavors. I, I like any type of sauce or dip too, so I might yeah. be biased. And speaking of dips and, and sauces, and going back to our discussion about Chipotle, a little bit of fresh salsa made with Chipotle is, is just astounding. I could, you talk about something I could just eat tons of is like fresh tortilla chips and fresh salsa that you make yep. yourself, not the stuff in the jar. Uh, it's so good. Absolutely. All right. Do you have a preferred snack when you're going to the movies or watching a movie at home? I mean, everybody's going to say popcorn. You can't mm -hmm. not, but mm -hmm. I have the whirly pop popcorn maker which yep. i think is like the best to make popcorn at home <laughs> nothing beats it i've had so many other popcorn machines so i'm pretty good and an expert at making popcorn but i like to experiment with uh different flavors mm -hmm. so one of the new ones that i've been using a lot of and i i like a lot is i drizzle coconut oil and then i actually put some lime powder you can buy it just in the uh, spice aisle and it's, okay. it's called true lime yes yeah yeah you can put that on with some salt and it is fantastic that sounds really good i'm pretty sure i have that lime stuff in my pantry because it's nice to mix into sparkling water and that kind of thing mm -hmm. too particularly yeah. in the winter when it's ten dollars a lime yeah <laughs> <laughs> the thing that i've discovered recently is the the chili oil that you sometimes get in like asian restaurants where you know it's like all the 
chopped chilies are at the bottom and the oil is kind of on top and it's kind of a reddish orange color. Mm -hmm. Drizzling a little bit of that on top of popcorn is really good. That sounds amazing, and I have it in my fridge. So that will—I'm going to try that. <laughs> right I'm going to try. Yeah. I was at a uh, kind of a, a farmers market type thing, and and there was an artisan kind of local chili oil maker, and they had like three different flavors, and you could tell it was made with really high quality ingredients. And I'm sure you could just use the stuff you buy off the off the shelf at the superstore as well, or what have you. But it's been really fun to mess around with popcorn and, and try the different flavors of chili oil and the one's jalapeno, one's habanero, and I forget what the other one is, but um, different levels of heat and that kind of thing. But yeah, definitely give that a try. And, and if you can get a hold of different brands or different uh, styles of chili oil, it's kind of fun to experiment with that too. Yeah. One of the other kind of things that I will go at the movie theater, especially I always like Starbursts. Mm. Always, they always sell them. They're always at every movie theater. Right. And I don't know. They're just amazing candies. They're so satisfying. Now, do you have a preferred color or do you like them all? No, the the pink ones and the red ones are the best by far. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're on the same page there. <laughs> strong the opinion on it. <laughs> Is there a worst Starburst or they're all pretty good and you just like pink and red better? They're all pretty good. It's not okay. like the Dino Sours where the I hate the green ones and I can't eat them. But <laughs> yeah, I'll eat every type of Starburst, but those are definitely the best ones are the red Preferred. and the green. All right. Do you have any favorite seasonal snacks, stuff that only comes out once a year? Maybe not that it like necessarily comes out once a year, but definitely has its highlights seasonally. It's mm -hmm. got to be pumpkin pie. Yeah. It's just always good. I'm a sucker for anything pumpkin spice, really. I yeah. can't help it. I know it's uh, just a trendy thing, but yeah. it's delicious. It's trendy for a reason. It's like just nice and warm and satisfying. And again, with a dollop of whipped cream is a right. must. And it has to be whipped cream. Let's not even mention that other stuff that <laughs> I know. I agree. Topping or whatever, like that's not even worth putting in your mouth. No. <laughs> 100%. And you know, I agree with you on maybe it's a little basic, but the popularity of pumpkin and the spices that go along with it. I mean, it, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier, or what you were saying rather about comfort food and kind of what defines that for you. And mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, pumpkin pie and all things pumpkin. And yeah, you tend to get them more during certain times of the year but I could, I could eat them year round. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not one to do a ton of baking just because then I wind up with an entire pie to eat. So <laughs> it's not always the best, but right. at least over kind of Thanksgiving and Christmas, you're going places, you're getting it served to you more often. So I really enjoy that. There you go. Do you have any odd combinations or snacks, treats that you like that are unusual? No, I think it's becoming a little bit more popular, but I am obsessed with seaweed snacks. Mm. I find them incredible. They have all different types of flavors. They're really good for you too, which is great. I did find them. They're one of those things where the first couple times I had them, I didn't like them at all. Mm -hmm. And then they really started to grow on me. And it's like one day it just completely shifted and I started craving them and became very <laughs> obsessed. So seaweed snacks are up there for me. The mm -hmm. only thing that I don't like is I find the packaging always super wasteful. Um, yeah, the packaging's a little intense. And I, I guess they do that because they're they're a little bit fragile and they don't yeah. want them to turn into seaweed powder. But 
Yeah, there is that. Typically, I, I don't know how much of it gets, actually gets recycled, but they do have the recycle symbol on the on the in, inside plastic thing. But yeah, I think a lot of that uh, plastic recycle doesn't end up actually being recycled, but just gets in, ends up in a landfill anyway. Exactly. So I would be really happy to see if they came out with a better solution to that. I bet one day they will. So that's the only thing that kind of throws me off a little bit, but mm. just, they're just so good. They're like no calories. They're very kind of salty umami flavor. And mm-hmm. then they actually have, I think they've got a lime flavor that's really good. I mm. obviously like lime a lot. Yeah. And uh, they also have chipotle. So there's, there's tons of different flavors and they're really satisfying. And I've talked about this before. I'm, I'm a big fan of seaweed snacks. As an alternative for a potato chip or something like that, they're literally a, a vegetable. They're a green vegetable you know, very low in, in starch and sugar. They're pretty flavorful, as you mentioned, the umami, and then you can get the flavored ones. Now you're talking about the packaging and I'll have to look it up and send it to you, but there is a brand that I've seen at grocery stores and at 7-Eleven that just comes almost like in a potato chip bag. So it's not the, you know, kind of single serving size with the, the plastic tray that yeah. you tend to get. It comes in a potato chip bag and there's probably about two or three servings in there. And they come in like, uh, there's a wasabi flavor, original, and I want to say just like a spicy, kind of like a red, you know, red pepper spicy or something like that. And it's an Asian brand, I don't know if it's Japanese or what it is. But in any case, I'll have to send that to you because I found for my job, I do a lot of driving and sometimes you're in a small town and it's just like, I'm going to grab something really quick at 7-Eleven and package of seaweed snacks and a sparkling water and, a, you know, some nuts or something We'll hold you over until your next meal and, and not totally throw you off for the whole day at, you know, like eating a hamburger might or something like that. So I'll have yeah, to. Yeah, that's appealing to me because even just the single servings aren't enough. So I probably have three of them <laughs> anyway. So if there's three in one bag, then I'm happy. Yeah. And this bag definitely is, <clears throat> is large enough that it's probably two or three of what the single serving size ones are. I also like that because sometimes if you're looking at ingredients and you're trying to be conscious of the ingredients, a lot of times these snacks, they use soybean oil or um, uh, canola oil as their, you know, the, what it's roasted in. Mm-hmm. Not the healthiest oils. And, and obviously, if you're eating from 7-Eleven, you're not expecting a, a health food. <laughs> I try to limit certain types of things in my diet, sugar being one of them, and then certain types of oils being the other. And uh, this particular brand that I can't remember the name of, but which I'll, uh, I'll find for you. Um, they use palm oil. Now, there is some concerns about palm oil in terms of the environmental impact of that being harvested, but um, otherwise, it's a, it's a relatively healthy, if you're going for a saturated fat, it's a healthy saturated fat. It's not, uh, you know, as, um, doesn't have kind of the stuff associated with it that some of the other cooking oils do. So I like that as well. Yeah, I'm excited to get to see that and go check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely send you that information. Now, if you're having a last meal, let's get a little macabre now. (laughs) What (laughs) snacks would you have there? One of the things that I'm obsessed with, although it is considered a snack, but I usually make it into a meal, Mm -hmm. is dumplings, like any kind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am obsessed. So just like Chinese dumplings, gyoza, Mm -hmm. soup dumplings, Uh, shrimp ones, pork ones, vegetable ones with a really good um, acidic dipping sauce. So always vinegar based with some soy sauce, Mm -hmm. uh, sesame oil in there, some fresh ginger. That is kind of always my go-to. And then of course, chili oil as well. So 
dumplings. Like I, like I said, though, I don't usually eat them as a snack. I eat so many of them and make them into a meal, but that would be there. And we did touch on this a lot, but potato chips, like it's just such a classic thing. I'm obsessed with Ruffles all dressed chips. I didn't know that those were a Canadian flavor. That was, the world is missing out. (laughs) (laughs) That is like the best type of potato chip out there. So uh, I've been known to accidentally finish an entire party size bag in meetings. Like that's how much I can just continue to eat them. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it originated in Quebec. So we have that to, we have that and Putin to, to thank them yeah. for. I guess it it was launched temporarily in the US and then they, they took it off the market. I think there's still some places you can get it, but it's not, uh, it's certainly something that's much easier to get down here than it is down there. So yeah, I've done a lot of traveling in different places of the world. And I have to say, we've got the best potato chip flavors in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a claim to fame. <laughs> Nowhere else has like an in- intense full aisle of chips. You know, not even the States has as many different flavors as we do. So Yeah, and the you know? States is, they have a, a wide variety of junk food. That's one thing they're very good at is coming out with new junk food flavors. But on the chips, they do seem to be lacking a little bit. Yeah, so proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's our claim to fame. Yeah. Well, speaking of bagged snacks, we are now to the sweet portion of our discussion. Before we get into that, just some fun facts. Charles Creters was originally from Lebanon, Ohio, but eventually made his way to Illinois, where he opened a bakery and eventually a confectionery shop. He purchased a peanut roaster for his shop to broaden his product line to include freshly roasted peanuts. Not satisfied with the new machine, he redesigned it for better function. He moved to Chicago, seeking success by selling his new machine. He purchased a vendor's license to test his machine in front of his shop. The license, dated December 2nd, 1885, marks the inception of C. Creators & Co. The new roaster was driven by a small steam engine, which automated the roasting process. By 1893, he had created a steam-powered machine that could roast peanuts as well as popcorn and oil. Creator's machine design offered several advantages over the hand-operated process. Creator's machine became the first automated machine that could pop popcorn uniformly in its own seasonings. As a result, the product was uniform every time. He applied for a patent on his automated peanut roaster and popcorn popper machine, which was granted in 1893. By 1900, Creator's introduced the Special, the first large horse-drawn popcorn wagon. It was an immediate success. Three variations of this wagon were created. This was when electricity was becoming available. Creators created the first popcorn machine with an electric motor. Thus, C. Creators and Company holds one of the oldest active underwriters laboratories numbers for electrically operated machinery. The electric popper soon took to the market and electricity became the choice of power, as steam power had a reputation for being complicated and dangerous. As movie theater attendants grew through the 1920s, Creators began designing machines that could pop and hold more of the product. Popcorn continued to grow in popularity through the Great Depression due to its low cost. 126 years later, and now run by mother and daughter team of Claire and Phyllis Creators, the brand keeps the tradition by making its popcorn the good old-fashioned way by hand in copper kettles and adds a healthy twist, making its snacks completely free of GMOs, artificial colors, or flavors. The lineup includes Chicago Mix, Just the Caramel, and Just the Cheese Corn, among others. So what did you think of the G.H. Crator's Chicago Mix Popcorn? I give it 
a delicious rating. I thought it was <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really liked about it, um, not just the flavors, obviously, the cheddar and the caramel were both really good on their own and mm -hmm. good together. So like there was times where I was just wanting one at a time and I just pick around the bag, get a mouthful of the sweet and then I can switch to salty. So I love that. I think mm -hmm. it's fantastic. Um, but one of the kind of awesome things about it is the kernels. So they use better quality kernels than a lot of different brands. Mm -hmm. So the ones that they're using, I believe are called mushroom kernels. And so they pop completely round. Yeah. They don't pop like, uh, the other ones are usually made and they're way cheaper. I know this is the butterfly style popcorn. And the difference kind of major difference being with the mushroom style kernel you know, they don't crumble. So you don't have all of those crumbs at the bottom that are impossible to eat. And then they get stuck in your teeth and all right. of that. With this higher quality kernel, they're just these perfect round little balls. And then they have so much more surface area area on them. So the coatings are just that much better. Yeah, you did an intense deep dive on these. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was the most excited about this product. I don't know, like something, it was all good. It was delicious all around. They seem to use pretty good quality ingredients. And yeah, they just hit all of my cravings. Like I said, that's sweet and salty. Um, and then even if I just wanted something sweet, I would just pick around and get the caramel instead. Of the yeah, so it's, it's a little bit of both. And, and you know, I like sweet and, and I'm a huge caramel corn fan. And there's kind of two types of caramel corn. There's... The one, I really don't know how to describe it's kind of the Cracker Jacks kind that's like a, it's a, a darker shade of caramel and it's not quite as creamy. And then there's more the, the butter toffee style that the, is what I found in this bag, which is that kind of lighter butterscotchy color and it's a little creamier. It's not like a clear coating, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I much prefer this style. Like if I'm getting caramel corn. I want the, the butter toffee or the, or the extra buttery one. It's an indulgence, and, and I, I'm a big fan of all things butterscotchy and dulce de leche and yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. Like, I'm a big fan of that over just, you know, caramel. So i big fan of this across the board. I did like that the, the ratio of sweet to savory seemed to be just about right. And yet, if I decided to, I could dump it in a bowl and kind of have a handful of savory right now and then a couple of sweet ones and etc. And I didn't pay a, a ton of attention to the how many kernels were left and, and the, uh, the surface area, the popcorn, all that. That's so great that you picked up on all that. But in, in retrospect, now that you said it, I have to agree with you. So this was a really well done popped popcorn in a bag. You don't always get great popcorn when it's pre-popped. This tasted fresh. It was flavorful. And, and yeah, they were just firing in all cylinders. Yeah, I would buy it again. My cat also loved both flavors. So <laughs> <laughs> we play fetch, I throw it, she could eat a kernel, come right back. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's the, the first time we've reviewed a snack that was also, you know, given thumbs up by cats. Yeah. <laughs> it has to say something. Yeah. Right. Well, you said you'd pick that one up again. So now's as good a time as any. Let's talk about our star ratings. So uh, just as a reminder for you, we rate on between one and three stars. One is kind of like, you know, I'm impartial to this. It's, um, uh, neither here nor there. Uh, two is this is pretty good. And then three is this is amazing. And, you know, give me more now. Let's stop talking. Where would you put the Diet Coke Feisty Cherry from one to three stars? And you can do half stars or even zero stars if you want. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a one. 
Okay. The reason being one is I do sometimes think that I just don't like the fake cherry artificial flavor mm -hmm. at all. So mm -hmm. maybe somebody that is more into that, that would lean towards the cherry flavored candies and all of that, they might like it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a one. I won't buy it again, but I think that there's maybe appeal for certain people. Gotcha. And what about the crispy minis? I'm going to give that one a two. That one for me, pretty good all in all. Not as satisfying as something else. You know, I understand mm -hmm. it's a healthier option. So I still want to give it points. It shouldn't, you know, it's not really fair to put it up against a potato chip because I know that's not the same category that it's in. But we're really talking about flavor and how much I like it. So mm -hmm. it's going to get docked one point for that. <laughs> Perfect. And I think I know what the answer to this is, but what about the Chicago mixed popcorn? Three for sure. It was really good. I would buy it again. You know, obviously not healthy. That's one of the downfalls of it, but I don't care. That's not what I was looking for um, when I picked it up anyway. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm basically in line with you. I think the, um, the Diet Coke Feisty Cherry, I'd give a, yeah, a one star too. I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. The Crispy Minis, uh, maybe a two and a half stars for me. You know, it was pretty good leaning towards like, I might actually pick this up again. And then definitely three stars all the way for the Chicago Mix. It's uh, something I'm a fan of. I'd had it before. So when you suggested it as an option, you know, starting with the letter C, I was excited that you chose that one. So yeah, definitely a, a return customer for me in terms of that particular product. Now it's time for a segment I call Junk Facts. So in this segment, Jill, I will read you a question with three answers, two of which are what we might call alternative facts and one of which is actually true. Okay. And you just have to pick and there's no real cash or prizes. This is not like the Pillsbury <laughs> or MasterChef, far from it. Uh, this is pretty low rent, but you do get bragging rights. All right. What soft drink originated in the state of North Carolina? Was it Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, or RC-Cola? Oh, let's go with Pepsi-Cola. Right, you are. Well done. Oh. <laughs> you're you're, you're starting off strong. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you're a born competitor. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am. I'm very competitive, so that was exciting <laughs> for me. So both Coca-Cola and RC Cola originated in Georgia. RC Cola actually, maybe I have to do a future episode with this as something we taste. They had a bit of a feud with Coca-Cola, so they kind of split off and did their own thing. But that's a story for another day. And yes, Pepsi Cola is from North Carolina. What was the first food consumed on the moon during the Apollo 11 mission? Was it turkey, mashed potatoes, or pumpkin pie? Oh, um, I'm going to say mashed potatoes. That's a good guess, but actually it was turkey of all things. <laughs> so um, I'm going to throw tang in there as an answer, but I thought that would that would kind of be unfair because everyone associates Tang with the space mission. And yeah. anyway, for actual food products, it was turkey, although I'm trying to imagine how good that was because it probably was like freeze dried and all that stuff. So yeah, that's why I was thinking they would go for something that would taste way better rehydrated. That was my train of thought. Like, yeah, that you was know, a powdered mashed potatoes, <laughs> add some water to it. I'm sure it would still taste pretty good. Yeah. But turkey. No, not so much. Yeah. So turkey on the moon. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, you're one and one so far. One out of every 11 boxes of cereal sold in North America is cornflakes, Cheerios, or Raisin Bran? 
one in 11, hey? Mm-hmm. That's a decent volume. I mean, popular. I think Cheerios would be almost more popular than that. So mm-hmm. we had cornflakes or raisin bran. Yeah. Would uh, That's kind of my train of thought, which is Cheerios a little too much, too popular. <laughs> I'm going to go with cornflakes. Okay. Is that your final answer? No. <laughs> I'm going to lock it in. Whatever. I'm going with corn. <laughs> All right. Let's lock it in for the board. But the answer, you're actually very close, was Cheerios, actually. Oh, it was. Oh, no way. I thought they were going to be more popular than you know, and, and it's interesting that, you know, Cheerios is, has been, well, both cornflakes and Cheerios have been around for, I guess all three have been around for a long time, but I'm guessing with the, with the breakfast cereal aisle, I mean, there's so many options that that probably dilutes, you know, even the most popular one is being offset by all these other ones is competing with, so. That does you know. make sense. Anyway, it was Cheerios. During any month, so the final question in the game, uh, during any month, 36% of Americans eat what for breakfast? Is it donuts, bagels, or cold pizza? Bagels? It actually is cold pizza. You know what? I ate cold pizza for breakfast today. (laughs) 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 So I should have guessed that. (laughs) I had a feeling it was going to be one of the more unhealthy options, but... (laughs) Bagels just seems like a no-brainer. That's like yeah. an American staple, right? Yeah, I wonder if, like, I don't know what the stats are on bagels, but I wonder if it's even higher than 36%. Like, yeah. during an, an entire month, what percentage of Americans eat bagels? It has to be higher than 36%, I would assume, but... Depends on where you're living, I'm sure, too. I suppose, yeah, that's, there's regional differences. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, you know what? You Better luck next time. You... <laughs> You started out strong, but kind of went off the rails. <laughs> That's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, now it's time for junk mail. As a reminder, you can reach us via email at junkfoodiespod at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at junkfoodiespod. Today's message, appropriately enough, is about breakfast cereal. Uh, that goes to our last couple of questions. Tony C says, oh, C, our episode was all C words or C, C words. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Foods that start with C. So Tony C says, Dear Junk Foodies, I recently got into a conversation about which breakfast cereals deserve to be on the Cereal Wall of Fame. I'm, I was unaware there was a Cereal Wall of Fame. Thanks, Tony. I'll have to look into that. Or maybe that's just your own invention. My two choices are Cookie Crisp and Captain Crunch, both C cereals. So that's very appropriate for this particular episode. That was very timely. Though be patient with the second one as it will shred your mouth if you don't give it a bit of time to soak. Ah, yes. The old shredded mouth syndrome with certain cereals. Got to let them sit in the milk for a little bit of time. I'm curious what your breakfast cereal Hall of Famers would be. Well, Jill, you're my guest of honor. So what do you say about breakfast cereal and what are the, the top couple of choices in your mind? Yeah, I have to say I'm not a big cereal eater, mm-hmm. but when I do it, I'm going full junk food style on the right. cereal because that, that's the kind of memory I had. We only got given, you know, as kids, I got given just the non-sugar, just regular plain Cheerios and regular Shreddies, nothing mm-hmm. excited that, that I liked. But mm-hmm. for special occasions, like my birthday, I got to pick my favorite cereal. And I gotta say, I still stick with it. So I have to say, which also is a C, um, a letter C kind of uh, item. So uh-huh. I'm going with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. 
Ah, nice. Okay. I, much like you, I grew up in a family that believed that sugary cereals were not something to be eaten on a regular basis. So if I went to a sleepover or something, I was always super excited about what cereal was in the pantry because uh, our family was a cornflakes family. And occasionally you might get Cheerios, you know, every once in a while or Rice Krispies if, you know, if, if mom and dad were feeling particularly indulgent. But as we didn't, you know, something like Frosted Flakes or Lucky Charms just didn't exist in our house. So like you, if I'm going to have a cereal, I think I like something maybe a little more indulgent and a little less on the healthy side of the, of the cereal aisle. I am a big fan of the flavor of cinnamon. So I'd probably say Cinnamon Toast Crunch is up there, although I do have one that I slightly like better, which is Cinnamon Life Cereal. I don't know if you've ever had it. No, I haven't. I don't know if you've ever had Regular Life Cereal, but Regular Life is kind of a good in-between cereal between, you know, something that's like sweet and indulgent and something that's kind of plain. It has a little bit of sweetness, but you're not, you'll feel like you're eating an entire sugar bomb. And I really like the, the cinnamon life flavor because it's like cinnamon toast crunch is great, but it's all, it's got that kind of white bread thing going for it. It's like, you know, eating sweet wonder bread. Oh, yeah. uh, with life, you're getting a bit of more of the, the whole grain kind of nuttiness. And then you're also getting the cinnamon. And life has, it's going to sound weird as a, as a benefit in a, in a cereal product, but it has just a touch of saltiness, which with the sweetness of the life is, uh, I just like that combination. We've talked about salty and sweet already. You throw cinnamon on top of there. That's my, one of my favorites. Cinnamon Toast Crunch would, would probably be, you know, if I can't get life and, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch is available, then uh, that's certainly one I like as well, because I just love the flavor of cinnamon. I'm trying to think of what else might be if I had to throw a third in there just for bronze, silver, gold. I weirdly liked corn pops a lot growing up as well, but I haven't had them for a very long time. So yeah, I'm not sure if I still would like them as much as when I was younger. Another sea cereal. We are yeah. just, uh, we're staying right on theme this time around. So now I'm just yeah. scared. I can't say another cereal because if it doesn't have sea, then I'm going to, oh, what about checks or Crispix? Those are pretty good. <laughs> I don't even think I've had them. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, they're not that different from Shreddies. Shreddies, I think, are kind of the more Canadianized version of like checks. There is a cinnamon checks that's quite good as well. So there, I chose three C cinnamon cereals. I think I've done my duty as a host for this episode. Absolutely. <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun, Jill. I hope you had a good time. And tell our uh, listeners where they might find you online and you know, kind of what projects you've got going on and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a food blog. It is called Jillian Ray Cooks. So Jillian spelled with a J. Um, Ray is spelled R-A-E. And then Cooks, of course. So you can mm -hmm. find my food blog there. You can find my Instagram page you could follow. And I did recently just write a cookbook. So it is called The Basic Bitch Cookbook. And <laughs> it essentially examines all things food trends. So whether that is... Um, you know, pumpkin spice, this uh, kale stuff, it goes mm -hmm. through health trends and different fad diets. So it explores, you know, vegan, keto, paleo, raw diets. It also talks about, um, you know, different fads and entertaining. So things like if you have your friends over and you watch the bachelor with them um, <laughs> and you want to make themed foods. So stuff with champagne and roses. Right. Uh, if you're having a bachelorette party, if you're just having a dinner party, it kind of goes through all of those different things. That's uh, trending in food right now. That sounds very cool. And, and so that is available to pick up now. Yeah. So you can get it in um, some stores, but all the information can be found on another website that I have. It is called the BB cookbook. 
jillianraycooks.com. But if you just go to jillianraycooks.com, there's a link that's very easy to find as well. Excellent. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I will take a look at that. And I think I might have to have you back on the program and maybe we can, I don't know, throw in a couple of your dishes or we can look at some of those food trends, maybe do a, a whole episode around paleo or something like that. That might be kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me and uh, for the back and forth with us trying to find the same items in the same place. That's yeah. always part of the fun is the wild goose chase. Yeah. Hope you have a great day. And to all my listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, check out uh, Jill's website and her cookbook and um, follow her on Instagram. I'm sure uh, she, she has, uh, based on what I've seen on her website, she puts up a lot of really nice looking pictures. So if you like food, that's your place to go. And I'll finish by saying, as a wise man once said, do everything in moderation, including moderation. Thanks a lot.